0: Hi, welcome to Evil Crazy Genius. Today, I will be speaking to Phil Pelucha. He's a crazy person that has arrived to understand the intricacies of very successful prospecting. He is working with the most top tier, most interesting companies in the world. He is a business growth coach, and at the same time, he is a very, very interesting human. He's Mindset is just bananas. and I think everybody should listen to him. Well, actually, you can not only here, but also on his podcast, Billionaires in Boxes, where he interviews very successful people from his standpoint. so that's really cool. And he is also creator of School of Spiritual Entrepreneurs. He is the embodiment of how far you can get with just the grind and how much further you can get without, with added value basically, like without being so focused on tangible and measurable things rather than focusing on, ooh, no spoilers. (laughs) Right, so very excited to have him here. Let's start it up. So tell me this, how did you Mm. get into podcasting?
1: Uh, So I got into podcasting through sport, funnily enough. (laughs) <laughs> not, not that that's a, that that's a massive football. surprise it was yeah it really was um so I'd left the game I wasn't playing anymore and uh, I'd been sort of medically retired from the game and at, at a really young age and I wasn't ready to leave at all um mm-hmm. and I'd kind of gone into coaching and I just didn't get the same buzz from it as I did from from playing the game um, so, I had to move into a commercial world and I went and got my surveying degree and all this kind of stuff, but I, I wasn't ready to leave sport. So, what ended up happening was podcasting. So this is just over about 10 years ago now. Podcasting was just starting to become a thing, fan created content was just starting to become a thing. And I got invited onto a couple of shows. And I guess the reason for that was. Um, I was a big fan, so I could kind of fit in with that. but I'd also played the game, so I kind of brought a different level of of sort of expertise to it, I suppose, as well as mm-hmm. you know I could talk about what happens at academy level, I could talk about kind of the players and the trials and tribulations and stuff and um but nobody was making any money from it, which I thought was was bizarre. It's like, how can you have this many people listening? and not be making money from it. Data is just data. You know, advertisers will always want to spend money. So are you telling me that we can't find anybody who would be prepared to give money to us to have access to data of predominantly males aged between the ages of 25 and 40 with a disposable income that we know are interested in sport? Like, surely there's people interested in that it's it's it's, you know just take that out if if i had an email database i could charge for it so why would that be any different for a podcast database so then we we went from paying to do it so it was kind of like a hobby that we paid to do to to getting paid to do it um and i grew and sold two sports podcasting networks doing that exact model um and i've been podcasting ever since i loved it
0: wow Uh, sounds fun so but how did you start like was it hard to begin with it did you
1: no I don't look I I guess I I came at this from a slightly weird angle didn't I so because yeah because it was from sport I mean I guess it felt no different to five or six guys sitting around a table having a beer talking about football I mean that was kind of how we started the podcast in fact (laughs) when when we were doing it remotely and we had people in different parts of the world we would have a beer. Like we would, we would all have like a beer with us and we'd be having a beer on the podcast. It was just virtually sitting around the table in the pub talking football. Um, mm-hmm. so that wasn't hard at all. It was the most natural thing in the world. Um, I guess when it, where it progressed to was when I left the corporate world and decided to set up my own business, I had no idea how to win clients. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'd got to board level and I hated receiving cold calls. Um, So I didn't want to cold call people. I didn't want to kind of ring them and try and sell them something that, that didn't work or it didn't feel right. Um, I didn't understand enough about social media marketing and advertising to try and do it that way. And I didn't have the budgets to compete with pay-per-click and AdWords with my big competitors. So I needed something that was going to help me to stand out. And The only thing I could think of at the time was podcasting because podcasting had allowed me to build incredible relationships with people digitally. I was having great conversations and I was always learning from people. So I started to wonder whether I could apply the lessons I'd learned in sports podcasting into a business setting. Um, So instead of kind of being the the guys that were cold calling or email marketing or just trying to spam like my, my dream clients. I would invite, (laughs) yeah, I would invite their CEOs onto a podcast and just have a conversation with them for an hour, an hour and a half. I'm not trying to sell them anything, you know, just let's have a conversation. And if we resonate together, something's going to happen. And if we don't resonate together, we shouldn't be doing business together. So, um, that was kind of my attitude towards it. And it worked phenomenally well, not because I'd kind of discovered some secret just because, relationship building is always key in in business and people seem to have lost that somewhere along the way with the digital stuff it's always like what what funnel can i have what automation can i have and it's just like you know what just build a relationship with the right people and the rest will flow from there
0: yeah i guess like the question nowadays is like how can i get more quantity it's all about the numbers game you know if you spam like 500 people one will reply
1: yeah, but why? Like, that's, that's the point. Like, I never understood that. Like, I, I had a, a guy that came to me as one of my clients, actually, about a year or so ago. And he said he recently paid a coach to teach him how to write an ebook, which he then gave away for free to try and create a, an email database that he could then sell to. And I was like, okay, so how long is it going to take you to grow an email database of, let's say, 100,000 people? And he's like, yeah, at least. And I was like, okay, so how much money is that going to cost you in like advertising and all this kind of stuff? And he's like, thousands. I said, okay. So what if you just build relationships with two people who already have an email database of 50,000 each and you get them to introduce you to the audience? Surely that is going to be far more beneficial and you get the added benefit of borrowed credibility from that person saying, hey, you should meet my friend. They're really cool and it was like oh that'd be so much better and i was like and you could do that in a week and it wouldn't cost you anything because you could do it on podcasting and just networking and build relationships with people and you know give an affiliate slice you know don't pay advertising costs give them 10% of anything that comes through the gate you know so everybody wins like business is a team sport <laughs> going back to sport again i learned everything from sport but you know you can be the best player in the world if you've not got good teammates around you you're going to struggle whereas you don't have to have the world's best player. If you're all a really good team that work together and business is no different. Like you, you just surround yourself with the best people and the best people in your team and you'll all win together.
0: Absolutely. You all grow together because if not like there's what's the point of doing it all.
1: Right? It's just boring. It's it's yeah. and, 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 and and I'm sure we'll get onto this a little bit later, but like I, I, I have had some weird kind of experiences in business and in my life, but, you know, I uh, only over the last few years, I kind of got to a stage that a lot of other people would have, would have classed as kind of being successful. Like that's that, that's the financial goal that they wanted to hit. And I got there and I was miserable. I was so miserable. Like I, I hated what I was. I hated what I did. I didn't like my work. I like, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling to hate your own company.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, no, like I, 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 I can see that. Why, why did you hate it?
1: Because I chased the money, so mm-hmm. a lot of the decisions I'd made had been based on achieving like a fi- things financially. So uh, I give it's All about a, revenue.
0: Oh, it's all yeah. about revenue, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it, and and that was the biggest mistake I made. And and I, the irony is, and and I'll. I'll explain how a little bit later, but the irony of this is since I've changed this, we actually do better now financially. And I'd put in far less time and effort and work and I enjoy the people that I'm working with. So it's not like chasing the money actually helped. It just made the whole process 10 times harder. I just didn't know that at the time. Um, but I think that was the biggest problem for me was that, you know, I tried to have this goal and I was trying to go towards it. And the thing I've realized about a goal and I know this kind of, contradicts what a lot of motivational speakers will tell you like i think Mm -hmm. having a goal is like the worst thing you you can possibly do
0: oh okay tell have a
1: have a destination in mind absolutely because if you don't have a destination you've got no idea where you're going but don't have a goal because half the time if not more those goals are based on logical things so it's like i want to hit a million dollars or i want to be in the forbes magazine or i want to be You know, and what you do when you set that goal is you tell the universe, like, screw your plan universe. My plan's better because that's where I'm going. And you're swimming against the tide because unless that goal that you've picked just so happens to be in line with your essence and in line with kind of where you were supposed to be going anyway, you've just made the job like a hundred times harder for yourself. Um, Plus you miss all the opportunities. Like, Mm half the relationships that I have, like, I never knew where they were going. And they've turned into things like either later down the line, or it was indirect, like I've made friends with somebody. And then it just so turns out that their friend or brother or partner is the CEO of a company that I want to do business with. And it's like, Whoa, okay. (laughs) Whereas you don't see that when you have a goal, because all you see is you you have this, it's like having a barometer Mm -hmm. in your mind where when those tunnel vision, Yeah, exactly that. Mm. And then these things come to you and you go, is this in line with my goal? No. So you put it down.
0: Exactly. Oh my God. Couldn't agree more. And I feel like you're right about the destination and the destination couldn't be like, what's the difference between destination and goal? I think that's a very important question though.
1: So for me, your destination is based on your essence. Okay. So your destination Mm -hmm. is based on, what feels right within you and what would be like the manifestation of that? So like, what's the maximum thing that you would love to achieve with that? And a lot of people find that quite uncomfortable because what they often find is that the life they're living right now, and I'm speaking from experience with this, the life they're experiencing right now, it doesn't fit. And they're heading towards something and it's easier to just go, well, that's too painful because right now I'm working as an accountant, but I'd really like to own a school. (laughs) And it's like, well, you're (laughs) heading the wrong way. So, uh, you know, and and people find that experience quite painful, um, to, to, to come to that realization. So for me, the destination, and you can change destinations, but the destination Mm. is about Thinking with your heart rather than your head. Whereas goals are typically things that have you set about logically. So one is one is heart-based and one is head based. So destination is a feeling, not a not a place. The goal is always a thing. It's not a feeling.
0: I couldn't agree more. Because I, I definitely had experiences in my life and I'm kind of recovering from that. I felt like Lately, I was so um, focused on logical things, on tangible things, on measurable things. Mm -hmm. Because I do paid advertising. So you can imagine it's it's all about like logic and tangible, tangibility and analytics and data and whatever. But in the end, even with paid advertisement, you still like, if you lose your heart, it's not going to work. Even in the most measurable thing ever, Mm. it just doesn't work.
1: I love that you said that as well, because that's a lot of the work that we do within our coaching stuff now is that a lot of business owners come to me and it's not it's not always startups. In fact, it used to be startups. Now it's rarely startups. It's typically established businesses and the owners will come to me and say things like, we've hit a bit of a ceiling. You know, We can't mm. seem to grow past this number or we can't seem to achieve more revenue. And then what happens is, they'll tell me a big long story about all the intricate details of their business and what's going on and the reality is it always comes down to the same thing which is you've lost connection to your essence you've lost connection mm. to the thing that you loved about what you did in the first place and the reason that you aren't growing any further than this point is you've gone as far as you can without being able to reconnect to that essence so that's the first thing that we do is help them to fall back in love with what it is that they do and why it is that they do it because you know, let, let's use an example that that sounds a little bit less sort of out there. Okay, we've all met <laughs> no, people. Let's go li-
0: for the out way. Out We'll, we'll
1: do both. But we've look, we've <laughs> already met. We've all met people in our lives, right? Who you will meet somebody and you instantly know this is somebody I want to spend more time with. This is somebody mm-hmm. that I want to be around. And we've done the opposite, which is you've met people and you go, they just they really drain my energy. Like that's yeah. a really negative person to be around. And. When you're in a business situation and it's stressful, you are in a negative place. So all of the people who are on a positive frequency, who are having success and everything's going really well for, they probably don't want to be around you at this particular moment because you're you're operating on a different frequency, right? You're you're at a negative place, mm-hmm. and they don't want you to drag them down, you know, and and there is definitely an element of that. And it's a lot of the time that's subconscious. It's like, I just, I'm going to push away from this person. So it's not like they're consciously saying, "Oh, screw you, you're in a bad place. (laughs) It's like internally it's saying, no, we're on this frequency. We can't communicate with this person on this frequency. So the very first thing to do with helping our clients is helping them to reestablish what it is that they love and helping them reconnect with that essence because the natural energy levels then flow from that place. And then most of our work is about global networking and about relationship building well i don't want you to go and global network and relationship build from a place of negativity because the only people you're going to attract into your circle are more negative people whereas if we can help you to kind of raise your state and fall back in love with what you do i mean it doesn't have to be spiritual but you know if you if you fall back in love with what it is that you do and why you do it you will attract other people who share that goal who share those frequencies and going back to what i said earlier you know it's a team sport if you if you bring better members into your team you're going to have more success and it may well be that you've reached the ceiling because you can't take you to the next level you might need somebody else to give you that hand or give you that key or open that door for you you're not going to find them sitting at home with your head in your hands going, why is everything so terrible? Like they're not going to just walk into your house. It's like relationships. People go, why am I single? It's like, cause you don't leave the house. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like your dream woman's just going to come knock on the door and be like, Hey, I, I had no idea whether ride, you, like, yeah. Are you single? <laughs> Let, let's like, that's not how this happens. Like maybe in the future, that's how it will happen. But right now, Like, that's not how that works. You know, you've got to get yourself out there and you've got to build relationships with people in every aspect of your life. But you've got to do so from the right place internally. Otherwise, you're just going to attract more of what you don't want.
0: Yeah. So it's just whatever you have inside, it just gets multiplied. Absolutely. Hmm. So it starts with yourself.
1: It's the same with money. Hmm. Like people, people think that, money changes people, right? Money just enhances who you are. Right. And, and that, that's it. So a lot of people say things like, you know, I'll get a personal trainer and I'll spend more time, you know, when I'm, when I'm a millionaire, I'll, I'll meditate more. I'll do yoga. I'll eat healthier. And it's like, no, it, like, I can tell you this from experience and from the people that we work with, like who are billionaires and, and multimillionaires, it's the other way around. You become the person first and then you achieve the results. Because if you're a stressed out person who lives a very angry life, you're just going to be stressed out and angry with money. Like That's, that's all that's <laughs> going to happen. It's not going to change you. You're not going to wake up <laughs> one day and go, now I'm at Zen because I have enough money in the bank. Like, no, that, that, that's not how this works. Um, you have to become the person first.
0: Mm, then the rest will follow. Absolutely. Yeah. When was that p- pivotal moment when you realised that?
1: It's difficult because I don't, I don't know if there was a pivotal moment. I think it was a, a progressional thing. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Damn it! That's not good for our movie.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> pe- people, like, well, I felt, I felt sick the at. And then yeah. had to kind of do it at that point. But I, th- mm-hmm. the thing was, I already knew it. I just, like I said before, it was a painful truth. So I buried it a lot. Um, like I'd i yeah. already learned these things and people had told me and I just, I wasn't ready to deal with that information. Like, cause it, it didn't fit. Like it meant I had to put everything down, like everything I built and everything that I was spending all day, every day carrying wasn't fit for purpose and that was quite Mm -hmm. a painful experience um to and and i still have a family to provide for i still have bills to pay so that there wasn't like a moment where i thought right i'm going to put all of this down and move on so what ended up happening was um so this is earlier this year a lot of this stuff happened i mean i'd made several of these changes over the last few years and started to introduce new businesses so for me my logic was I'm going to introduce the things that I love to do and then I'm going to phase out the other stuff. That was how I was going to do it. I wasn't going to put everything down and then just pick a load of new stuff up. I was just going to do more stuff and start to do the transition from the stuff I don't like to do that's making me money to the stuff I do like to do, but is a bit more of an unknown entity when it came to the financial side of things. Uh, um, And then it was all going well, but I was still very heavily split like I'd say 60% of my time was still being spent doing the stuff that I didn't like to do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then earlier this year uh COVID hit and in March like one of my main businesses that wasn't something I wanted to do anymore but was was providing the vast majority of our income it died like overnight (laughs) finito dead um it it was it was a talent business in the real estate industry so recruitment died and real estate died all at the same time and it was just like
0: Yeesh.
1: so i had to put it down and then i i found myself at this crossroads where i was like i knew what i should do but the heart and head were saying different things the heart was saying you need to on the businesses that you actually care about and you want to be doing. This is the greatest opportunity to get away from that stuff that you don't want. But my head was saying, you have to replace that income. Like <laughs> you have to, you have to go and rebuild the business so we can make money again. And I made the wrong choice. I started to rebuild the one I didn't like because I knew it would make money. Mm-hmm. And then I caught COVID. <laughs> um, and it was like, it was you like know, life was determined not to let me make that mistake.
0: No, that's the thing. I feel like That happened to me so many times that whenever I was about to make a bad decision or I was in the process of making a bad decision, your body, like that's the thing. Like I interviewed a guy the other day and he said, he mentioned one question, like he he was talking about hard questions and that Mm. really like made me rethink a lot of the things that I'm doing. He said, "Um, what is something that you know, but you're trying to ignore? So it's it's kind of that. Yeah. It's like, you you know it in your heart that this is the wrong thing to do, but you you will still do it because you're logical. You're like that's the right decision, man. Like of course. Yep. And no, then you're so right. You get a disease because in your heart you know that you're like this is not right. This is not right.
1: Mm. And that was exactly where I found myself. And then my body is like my body just gave up my body gave up. And then um, the virus itself for me wasn't so bad. Like I I didn't have to require hospital treatment, you know, not, not at that point anyway. Um, But then I've developed like long COVID and uh, what do they call it? Chronic post-viral fatigue syndrome. Mm. So I essentially, I didn't have the energy anymore to go and do what I was doing. I I couldn't do the 10, 12 hour a day workaholic stuff that I'd done before. Like now I had two to three hours at best. Um, And actually the funniest thing was um, there were, were two things that really triggered me um, uh, as in like triggered my relapses and triggered me to get sick again. Uh, One of them was stress and the other one was too much work. Um, And these were two things that I basically fueled myself off for the last 10 years. Like that was my life. Like, anybody who knew me would have said like, personally, nice guy work wise, get out of his way. He's like a real stress. Like he's just like a steamroller. <laughs> like, and, and I, I'm pro, I'm a really hard guy or at least I was, I was a really hard guy to work for as well because I had such high standards of everybody else because I had them for myself. Like, mm-hmm. well, if I'm prepared to work through the night to get a project done, why aren't you? <laughs> you know, it was, it was that kind of attitude. Um, and I, it was such the wrong move, but I, I was trying to do what what I now teach people not to do, which was I was trying to achieve a financial goal because I believe that once I got there, I could stop living this life that I didn't like anymore. Um, but I didn't like I I set a goal and I was like, that's the goal. Once I hit like the, the coaching business is going to do like a million US. And once I hit that, I'm going to be fine. I'll stop panicking and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't. Uh, it just then became, well, now I want five. So how oh, do we man. get to, how do we get to five? And, and it it was because I got there and I wasn't happy. So I was like maybe it wasn't a million that was going to make me happy. Maybe I need 5. Maybe I need you know maybe the business needs to do 10 million a year. Who knows. Um and uh, but it was billion. it was yeah, exactly. Which maybe that's where billionaires in boxes came from. But it was yeah. it was I don't know, it was it was like my body was saying, you know, this this isn't the path for you. This isn't right. And what ended up happening was I had all this time resting and recovering to, and I'm still recovering, still going through a long recovery process. Mm. I'm getting better every day, but like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But I I think that's a good thing because I think if I'd have recovered after two weeks, I'd have just gone back to the stupid stuff I was doing before. Mm. Um, Whereas this forced me to change. This forced me to say no. And you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I was sharing this with one of my mentors earlier. Um, Hopefully I can word this properly. It was such a weird feeling as well because it's like I'm asking the universe for answers, and then when I'm getting them, I realize that I already knew them. (laughs) Does that make sense? And it's like, oh, this is so frustrating, man. Oh, man, now
0: I get it. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I already knew this. Like,
1: why – this is so stupid.
0: But it's did like, you take action on it? No, I didn't. That's no, the co- thing. Yeah. I, I
1: did exactly what your 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 former guest did uh, said in their question. I knew it. I was just avoiding it. I was blocking it out because it was an uncomfortable truth, and that's often the mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to things like we were talking about the secret just prior to yeah. um, the podcast, for example. People make a lot of mistakes when it comes to positive affirmation. And one of the main mistakes that they make when they say stuff like, oh, it doesn't work for me. I mean, we could get into the whole, well, that's part of the reason it's not working for you is that mentality. But (laughs) it's also the fact that you may never achieve the thing that you're trying to manifest if -hmm. it's not in line with your essence and who you are. Like Mm -hmm. the universe is going to give you stuff if it's right for you. But if it's not right for you, it's going to protect you. Now, it might actually be protecting you from yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're like we'll use a really weird example. Let's say your, your example is this year, I want to be in Forbes magazine, right? And Mm -hmm. nothing else is going to be a success for me except being in Forbes magazine, Forbes magazine. Well, what if Forbes never write an article about you, but the Wall Street Journal and Inc fall in love with you and decide to write an article about you every single month? Like, is that a failure? (laughs) It's like, no, that's a massive success. But you're trying to manifest something that isn't in line with you or use the example we gave before. If you're an accountant and actually what you really want to do is own a school, but what you're trying to do is manifest your accountancy business to grow. The universe isn't going to give you that because it's not really what you want. So
0: exactly the
1: words that you're saying and the affirmations that you're saying in your head or out your mouth, your heart is saying something completely different. So the universe is getting mixed messages and they go, they don't know what they want. Just leave them alone. (laughs) And that's exactly what happens. Whereas other people, it's like that's when right. you're in when you're in line with what it is you're trying to achieve and what it is you want to do, like affirmation and manifestation becomes the easiest thing in the world. Like it feels like a game. Like it's like suddenly somebody will come into your life and you'll just be like, I see, I couldn't have wished for a better relationship to have come into my life. If I have designed it, I wouldn't have designed it that well. Like mm-hmm. the universe yeah. has a much better plan for you. But it's hard because none of us are taught that. Like we're all taught at school and by our parents and stuff, you know, work hard, have a plan, <laughs> design the strat. And it's Do like the no. practical
0: thing. Yeah,
1: it's like the hard, you're making it so much harder for yourself. Let me tell you, somebody said this to me recently and it blew me away when they said it. It was one of my billionaire mentors, actually. They said, You work hard when life is hard work. When it's going mm-hmm. well, it's effortless. How do you achieve effortless? You put less effort into trying to plan it. So so I said, so where do you put your effort then? It was like, you put your effort into trying to remain attached to that essence, remain attached to that positive frequency. If your job every single day is to make sure that you're remaining in that state, the universe will take care of itself.
0: Yeah, I see that. because (laughs) yeah because we're we're so um uncertainty averse i guess Mm -hmm. like we're so scared of like oh what what is going to happen you know like especially with covid everybody's stressed out Mm -hmm. till their ears because they don't know what's going to happen they don't know what's going to happen to their business to their job to their family Mm blah 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 blah, like to like traveling anything but yeah You're so right. And I think maybe like that's why probably uh, going into conspiracies, I don't know if it was engineered or anything, but Mm. it's still a good time. At least like I feel like everybody in the end appreciated COVID. I mean, Mm. it's a terrible thing to say. I mean, a lot of people died and a lot of people got sick. And by the way, you have to Mm. treat, the other day I was listening to the doctor and you have to treat post-COVID syndromes as if you suffered heart stroke. Mm. Yeah, which is freaking ridiculous doesn't if doesn't surprise it me yeah I've been, I've been
1: I've been taken into hospital twice with a suspected heart attack in the summer um oh, and it, was all, it was all caused by the symptoms of, of COVID so uh, yeah, I am fully with you uh it's it's look I started off mm. the process saying you know almost kind of like throwing myself a bit of a pity party like why have you forsaken me <laughs> like, what, uh, what's going on but actually now i I say i genuinely mean this i say that covid is is, getting covid was the best thing that ever happened for me because Mm -hmm. it forced me to put down all the stuff that i was too scared to put down on my own um and it it forced me to develop different coping strategies and mechanisms because all the things i'd been depending on previously which was just stress and working hard were the two things i could no longer do Mm -hmm. so um it was interesting there was the the scariest part for me was there's a there's a gap when you know like people say things like um I saw a quote this morning actually that fits into it and it was sort of saying you know God will never leave you empty you know if he's asking you to put stuff down it's so that you can pick something else up mm. but the thing with that is and I I firmly believe that but the tr- the truth of the matter is it's not instant. Like it's not like you put something down and five minutes later you pick something up. There can be a gap, and that gap is terrifying. (laughs) That gap is a really scary gap because it's like, oh, now what? Um, And the logical part of your brain is trying to figure it out, and you can't figure it out. Like if you knew the answers, you'd have worked it out already, you know. So sitting there torturing yourself in your mind, trying to come up with the solution, is is isn't the right way to do it at all. And actually, it wasn't helping me to recover because then I was stressing about it. So, uh, I I had a moment earlier in the year where we'd gone from last year earning a load of money, but I also spent a lot of money because I'm an idiot. Um, I, I quite like the lifestyle of money comes in, money goes out. Well, hey, um, if I could spend eight months of the year on holiday, then I would. <laughs> um, and, and that was that was the way I behaved. And then, beginning part of this year happened, and you know. I think by March, I was probably about fifteen thousand dollars in debt, uh, and I, I'm never in debt, and I was paying my team money and like I, I had no idea where money was coming from like this was this was um use a titanic analogy. I can see the iceberg, but I'm not going to be able to turn in time like I'm, I'm just waiting to hit. And and how much damage we get is gonna. I'm gonna see when we hit it, but I'm gonna hit the iceberg. And I had months of doing that, and then I felt sick, and it was okay. just even worse. And it was like I was laying in bed, going like, now what?
0: Yeah, I can't like, change anything. I can't, can't fix it right now. Yeah. Um, can't even say.
1: I remember having this conversation with my clients, and I, and I I'd like to say that I would have done this anyway but that would be a lie. Like, I don't think I would have done if I'm really honest. Mm. Um, I I went to all of them and I said, look, I I now only have two to three hours a day (laughs) to spend on work. So I can't do all of the things I was doing before. So where do you get the most value out of our relationship? Like, what can I do that's going to add the most value to you? And every single one of them, bar none said my coaching and strategy work. It's like having you there. It's like, Having like somebody that's always got the ideas, knows the relationships, like that's where I got the nickname, the digital business connectors. Like I always know someone (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, we'll do this and we'll do this. And, And that was where they get the most value. It was the coaching aspect and helping them get to that next level through relationship building. But the weird thing was, like, I'd been doing that for like five or six years, but I'd now started to wrap it more and more over the last two years into my service based businesses, which is if Mm -hmm. you buy my service, you get my coaching. But there wasn't really a way of just doing the coaching. So. I said, this is really interesting. Cause I, I really enjoy that side of what I do. Like, that's my favorite bit too. Like I get through these other bits so that we can have this stuff because these conversations yeah, are fun. Like I dessert. get energy from them too. <laughs> yeah. So I completely changed what we did and how we did it. And I introduced two new coaching programs. Um, one was 10,000 us and one was just under 20,000 us. And it was just a coaching program. And it was a 10 week one-on-one program where we just, work it out it's like where are you trying to go let's let's do it let's let's make the relationships happen let's find these people let's let's build your team you know um use a sports analogy again you know you you're telling me you want to you want to win the premier league well bring me in as your head of recruitment for 10 weeks and let's do a recruitment plan and bring in all the right players so that that can become a possibility and that's that's essentially what i became um Sometimes it was bringing people actually into the business, but a lot of the time it was actually just partnerships and collaborations and meeting people around the world and things. Uh, And I loved it. But what ended up happening was we won like three or four clients very quickly, just sort of having put that out there. Like I remember one of them sold it to themselves. I was going on their radio show and we were having a pre-call ahead of the, the radio show and they were asking me about it. And they said, look, I probably can't stretch to the 20000 program at the moment, but I'm definitely interested in doing the 10000 program because that's really going to help me get to that goal. And I remember just kind of being there like, they just sold themselves a $10,000 package. Okay. Um, and Contract. they love it. Like,
0: <laughs>
1: and they love it. Like, they, they love it. I'm loving it. And it's like, what, pff, what is going on? But what happened was mm-hmm. I got the debt paid off. I got all caught up with my bills. Everybody was happy again. There's some money in the bank, so I don't have to stress. And I allowed myself to recover. And then everything just kind of grew and manifested from there. Like it just kept happening more and more, like more referrals kept happening and more clients kept happening. And even like bizarrely, clients who were joining us on the coaching side would then join us on the service-based side because it was like, oh, we love the work. We're doing so much with you. I wonder what you could do for us if we come and do your service stuff. And it was like, this is... This is so much easier than it's ever been before. Um, And yet I'm working a fraction of the amount of time that I was before. And actually, that's better. And the reason that's better isn't just because I have time to recover. It's because you can perform at a much higher rate for two to three hours a day than you can for 12 hours a day.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Because the human brain can focus for so long. You're just like faking productivity.
1: Yeah. It's like, you're, you're a busy idiot. You know, you're, you're, you're telling yourself like, Oh, well, I've got so much work to do. But It's like, actually, do you know what? A lot of this stuff I could just put down and I got better at outsourcing and I've hired a few new people into my med- We've grown substantially since COVID um, even though like at the beginning of the year, we were screwed. Like we were about to hit that iceberg. You know, not only have we avoided that iceberg completely, but we've now hired more crew members. Um <laughs> Like we're in a really good place and you know we've expanded into new territories and you know my my north american team is growing which i love and um yeah it's uh, we're having a lot of fun at the minute and i'm just kind of enjoying going with the ride um i think the most important thing for me is not only are we having fun like our clients love it like they they're, like I love listening to podcast interviews and things, which I and I keep hearing it happening, and I love it all. But every time it happens, it means so much. Like when people mm. are going on to shows saying, "You know, how's the year been for you?" and it's like, "Well, I started working with Phil at Billionaires in Boxes, and it's been brilliant because we've done this and this." And it's like they're just complimenting me on their own show. Like this is cool, um, and it's like, well, oh, "What was the most
0: a- ridiculous story that one of your clients told? One of your co told?" <laughs> if that's a well, word. One of,
1: yeah. So one of them went from um being in a really painful place to five times in his business in the space of 3 months of working together
0: Damn, uh, and nice. and it was
1: it just like i wish I, I wish there was more to this than than what there is like i wish i could make it sound all mystical and like i have these secrets but honestly it's just relationship building it's like raise your essence re- reconnect with what it is you're about and then build from there and go and meet the right people and this stuff just happens you know like We've got book deals, radio deals, TV deals, keynote speaking deals, like, uh, and it all just comes down to meeting people. Like that's it. That's all. That's all there is to it. It's meet the right people and the right things happen. But there's a formula to how to do that.
0: Okay. And tell me that.
1: Well, it, it, it has to start with your essence. Like I said, yeah. like you, you could go out there and meet people, but if you're not, if you're not coming at that from the right frequency, you're just going to meet more people who don't know simple as that so it's like when you know we've all been there in our lives at some stage where you know you say something like i want to do a business that does this this and this and then you ask the people around you so you ask your friends and you ask their family your family and they all say stuff like mm, i'm not sure like I'm, yeah I'm not sure that's it gonna, doesn't not gonna sound work.
0: possible
1: <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good idea and it's like well what do you know because like you you're not doing it you don't know it's like, but this time next year, I'm going to own a Ferrari. And it's like, hmm, are you really, maybe work up to a Ferrari, man? Right? I mean, that's a big... Li- it's like, no. So then you go and speak to a billionaire, and instead of asking six idiots, right, go and ask six really successful people in your industry, and watch the reaction? They go, well, oh, yeah, of course you can. Why couldn't you? It's really easy. So by changing who you have in your circle, the perception of what's possible and impossible changes dramatically. It changes dramatically. And even just having somebody say to you, Yeah, of course you can, that's that's relatively easy to do, actually. You know, you're saying I want to earn a million dollars next year. Like I don't like those goals, but let's say you want to earn a million dollars next year. If you ask people who've never seen a million dollars in their life whether you can earn a million dollars next year, they're gonna tell you no. No, you can't. And that is going to bring down your frequency. But if you ask people who are making tens of millions of dollars plus every single year, if you can make a million dollars next year, they're gonna say, "Oh yeah, of course you can, obviously." And it's not even that more. hard. I mean, you yeah. can make a million dollars in the next two months if you put your head down. It's but that change of frequency is powerful because I think the because of the way we've been raised, logically, your brain is gonna try and knock you out of that state. Right? Oh, you're, you're gonna Holly. you're gonna have you're going to have things like imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. Your brain's going to say things like, to, like, so you sort of like, who are you to, to kind of want this stuff? Like why, what makes you so special that you should be writing a book or going on? You TV don't have the
0: qualifications. TV? Yeah. Like first w- w- you have to write a book and then you can write another one. You know, mm-hmm. like that would be but a th- bestseller.
1: Exactly. But then that's what people say is like, you got to cut your teeth. Like you, what do you know about writing a book? What do you know about this? What do you, and, and, but then if you meet other people in that industry, you realize that th- th- the stories that comes out of it. It's like, I wrote my first book. I'd never even read a book, genuinely. Like, <laughs> I I, I don't like reading. <laughs> I find it really boring. Uh, and then I got a bestseller. And I, I had one guy, <laughs> this is a true story. He came to me and said, I've not even read my own book.
0: What? What uh, do you mean? <laughs> I was like, well,
1: surely you read it when you wrote it. He was like, no, I transcribed it. He said, I transcribed it and sent it to an editor and they just typed up the whole thing. I didn't even read it. he's a best-selling author and it's like
0: what the hell it's all about the value then that's that's the thing
1: it doesn't really matter it's 100 (laughs) but you know what like this is the thing for me is it's like when your brain is doing those things like it's really nice to be able to have people around you who can kind of help pick you back up again and Mm -hmm. like when they're having days it's really nice to be able to do that for them as well like we work with some of the greatest entrepreneurs and, and self-made millionaires and we've got billionaires in the network and we've got some really famous coaches and authors in the network. And like, I take so much strength from the fact that they also have bad days. Because <laughs> um, people seem to think like, well, you know what? My, if, you, if I had everything you had, my life would be easy too. And I'd be happy all the time too. And it's like, no, they still have nonsense to deal with. They just, don't let it ruin their entire week when it happens like that, cause they don't want to lose that frequency. Um, like I have a, a bit of a confession here, actually I have a, something mm. that I do even without talking to people. I have something that I do that picks me up when I'm having really kind of tough days when I'm having those days of serious doubt. Um, we have uh, video testimonials from clients and really awesome people and inspiring people. And we've got three in particular that stand out. And they were from coaches from The Secret Movie, which we were talking about earlier. And obviously, The Secret Movie reached like 500 million people. So they've empowered and inspired a lot of people, right? And then just being able to listen to like a 60-second to 120-second clip of them saying, you know, I really love Phil's work. You should go and check out Billionaires in Boxes. It's really going to empower and enrich your life, you know? Listening to them say that helps me pick me back up when I'm having really down moments because I kind of think Mm. to myself, I trust them. (laughs) So if they're saying that I'm worthy of this, then I'm worthy of this. Even in the days when I may not be feeling it, like if they're saying I am, then I am. And, And that really helps me to pick myself up. But if I didn't have them there, how long do you think I'd stay in that mindset for? How long do you think it would take me to pick myself back up to a state where I'd believe it possible again? Like, who knows? But that's where a lot of people live their lives is they live in this constant state of fear and I'm not good enough and that stuff that happens to other people but not to me. Well, mm-hmm. why not?
0: Life is not fair.
1: Says who? Yeah. Life is entirely fair. Oh,
0: life is that's
1: en- interesting. Life, life is entirely fair. Do you believe fair. in karma? Yes. Okay. That's why life is entirely fair. <laughs> um, but it's it's like, You get out what you put in.
0: Mm, Exactly. Not necessarily from the same aspect or a spot. Like if you're putting it into a person or into a business, like really good vibes, doesn't mean that it's going to receive it from there.
1: No, no. So it's...
0: And that's why it's so illogical.
1: Think of energy as currency, right? It's like your business might boom because you were there as a shoulder for someone to cry on and you helped pick them up at that time or because you selflessly, without recording yourself on your phone doing it, gave money to charity or to a homeless person or like I hate the people that record it so don't even get me started on that because that's just counterproductive. Now you're doing it for an ego thing. But if you can give selflessly without any anticipation of ever getting something back for it, that's the thing that the universe sorts you out. And that's what a lot of people I think are missing is that they don't realize that actually, you know, when you pay it forward for somebody, you know, but you do it not so that you get the praise or the gratitude, you know, you're going through the drive through at McDonald's and you pay for the guy's meal behind you and then just drive off. Like you're never going to meet that person again. Nice. Like
0: yeah. There's
1: just a the feel good, but that's the things that the universe rewards you for. So mm. you may well then get a random call out of the blue. No, I don't believe in coincidence. Coincidence is another Lie like coincidence Amen. doesn't exist.
0: Amen. Yeah, totally. Um,
1: and it, it's like there, there's no such thing as coincidence. Like when when people Literally. talk about coincidence, it's usually if not always the universe doing something that you can't put into words. It's like yeah. oh, what a coincidence! I was thinking about you and we haven't spoken for ages, and then you reached out to me. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like it, it, it's just so bizarre. It's like calling um it's calling success luck like that drives me crazy too <laughs>
0: like
1: people are driving around their bugatti and they're like oh you're so lucky and it's like no like I, Fuck they off. didn't just give me this <laughs> i didn't win it in a christmas cracker like but, you know, like everybody else got a joke and i've got a bugatti like that's not what happened here i had to work for this i had to put time and effort in and you know that's why you can't keep a good man down. That's the saying, isn't it? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's why you see so many of these millionaires and billionaires, they'll go bankrupt, but then they will be bang right back at it because they know what their essence is. They know what their core is and they're going to keep building from there and they're not going to lose that. And that's why, you know, you'll have people who have so many different types of businesses, but the heart is always the same in each and every single one of them. It's because it's their heart. Like it's their expression of their feeling. And if you can do that, then there is no such thing as a coincidence. Like people will people will resonate you with you. Clients will come to you when they're supposed to. Somebody will listen to a podcast interview that you did two years ago and suddenly it'll <laughs> strike a chord with them and they'll go, wow, we should work together. It's, it's not a coincidence. Like you've just got to keep remaining in that state and putting yourself out there. Mm,
0: exposure is another huge part of it. Because Definitely. as you said before, like it's it's so you can be the best person ever, but if you're sitting on the couch, being the best person hmm, is something going to happen. So it's basically two variables, mm-hmm. making yourself vibrate as high as possible mm-hmm. and to put yourself out there.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, I do a priming exercise every morning. And for anybody who hasn't come across it, go, uh, go onto YouTube and check out the Tony Robbins priming exercise.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's loads of
1: stuff I do, but that's that's a nice part of it because my attitude is that you shouldn't start doing anything in your day whatsoever until you've got your vibration to that point because your default vibration is not that state. (laughs) Like your default vibration is, oh, it's Monday, it's raining, it's cold, I've got lockdown, I want to go to the supermarket and I can't, I don't like wearing this bloody mask you know, I'm tired of everything. Like that's your default state, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I just stubbed my toe. It's going to be a horrific day. That's your default state. Okay. But once you raise your vibration to this point of like, I can do anything like and everything i touch today is going to turn to gold every every person i speak to i'm going to speak to them for a reason there is a reason i am having a conversation with you today not yesterday not tomorrow i'm speaking to you today because i'm supposed to be speaking to you today when you go into relationships and conversations like that with people powerful things happen right and you also need to not go into relationships with a ulterior motive. Like I never interviewed those clients on my podcast with the intention of winning them as clients. If that happened, then great. But that was never my intention. My intention was almost like Napoleon Hill for podcasting. I'm going to speak to as many awesome people as possible and learn from them. And if they like me and something happens, great.
0: So be it. In fact,
1: truth be told, I never expected to work with those people. What I thought logically was going to happen was that I was going to connect with let's say the top 100 people in my industry and then the businesses that looked up to them and admired them would want to work with me because they saw me aligned uh, with those people. I did so not So you would think, get
0: the left hours.
1: Yeah, like I thought okay, I will get the C and D uh, the C and B grade players because they see me talking to A grade players. I uh-huh. never thought for a second that the A grade players would go, "Hey, I really like you. We should do some business together." Like I did I never saw that happening. Which is when I say like the universe has a much better plan for you than you have for yourself. Because if I'd have gone into those conversations with the intention of I'm going to try and sell to this person, like how do I get them to become a client? The conversation wouldn't have been as organic and it wouldn't have flowed as well. And they would they probably wouldn't have liked me as much. Like, Whereas
0: this guy is trying, yeah, like what to he's well, trying what's to like, reason? he's trying to convince me, mm. he's trying to
1: trick me. Whereas yeah. just having a conversation with somebody and letting them get to the point where they go, I want to introduce you to my ops director. I think we should do some stuff together. And it's like, cool. Like, I I love that. Like, why would I say no to that? Like, I feel it too. Let's do it. And the best things come out of those relationships, but you Actually, can't logically plan those.
0: Have you, has it ever happened now that you mentioned that like the person will say yes. Have has it ever happened to you that they were feeling it and you weren't? Yeah, you were like, oh, yeah. What did you do in these situations?
1: Said no. Like, I've made introductions to them to other people who I thought would be a better fit, but no. Like, uh, that's one of the things that I've really have learned now is that you have to make more decisions with your heart and less with your head, Um mm-hmm. and. If your heart isn't feeling it, don't let the logical reason as to why you should be the reason why you do it. Like, if you don't, if you're not resonating with this person, do yourself and them a favor and don't do it. Because if you're not resonating together, it has to be both sides. If you're not resonating together, it means you're not on the same path. And if you're not on the same path, then you're just going to constantly be swimming against the tide with each other.
0: Hmm. Just don't bother. That's right. I agree. I feel like. Especially in my life, I, I've, I've had a lot of moments that, I guess, now looking back at it, I think I was conditioned to say yes, more like by society to say yes to more things um, mm-hmm. than I should have probably. And looking back and I was like, oh, the, I think that that's one of the also like paths to success and like, I guess, happiness is allow yourself to say no like because you know there's this movie like yes man and it's definitely a cool thing to say yes to a lot of things like the doors will open but also know like what you have to say yes to and what like because you know like what is your heart is screaming yes
1: yeah i think Um, i think i I would probably preface that movie then with then say yes to what your heart's saying but not your head
0: Mm. Yeah. So
1: you're right. If you say yes to a lot of people, that you know, when things come up and it resonates with you and it feels right, but you can't logically make sense of it, say yes, right? Because that's something good. Whereas if something doesn't quite feel right, but you go, do you know what? I'm not a huge fan of that guy, but like he, let's
0: try it out. It's ten
1: thousand dollars. Let's let's do it. You know, <laughs> I can make a, a logic. I can do the job, and I, I guess I could do that. And like they're the. They're, let's be honest we've all worked with people that we really wish we hadn't bothered. And following your heart is the number one way to avoid that from happening again. Because invariably, when you think back on it, we usually had signs (laughs) that we shouldn't have worked with this person or they wanted us to change something for, for which.
0: For like not vibing with a person or not trying, like maybe not working with a person. How about that? That's, that's better. That's more like concrete. Ooh. Ooh,
1: I'm trying to think how I word <laughs> tongue, tongue, it without sounding. Think- <laughs> no, I'm trying to think how I word it without sounding awful. Um, do I care about your success? Mm. Like, if I don't care, then I won't work with you.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Like if I care about you as a person and it's like I want to help you be successful, then I will do it because there isn't you know it's 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 almost like the other the old adage isn't it which is it's it's almost impossible to change somebody, but it's really easy to change, which is. <laughs> If I try and get someone to change, it's like, they're going to put the barriers out. And I don't want to. And it's like, how many, like smokers, how many times a smoker has been told you shouldn't smoke? (laughs) You know, it's bad for you. Look at these adverts. And they go, yeah, 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 leave me alone. Right. (laughs) And then something happens in their life and they'll never smoke again. No patches, no nicotine stuff, no therapist. It's Finished. Boom. Never again am I going to smoke. Finished. Right. It's it's that kind of feeling. It's the, it's the same kind of feeling. Like if I'm with somebody and it's like, you're there ready for that help and I can give it to you and get you to that next level, we're going to do this. If you're coming at me with a results-based mentality and I feel like it's going to be a pain in the backside to try and get you to change.
0: Or mm-hmm. like, understand it
1: it's almost like when you're, you're not, not
0: there yet. Yeah,
1: yeah like you're, mm-hmm. we... we we could work together, but we would just annoy each other because I'm going to get frustrated that you're not there yet. And you're going to get annoyed at the fact that I'm telling you to do stuff that you don't feel comfortable doing. So mm. let's do each other a favor. I'm not saying no forever. It may well be that in X amount of time you are ready for that. That sounds awful when I say it like that, doesn't it? Cause it's, it, but everybody's on their own journey. And if it's yeah. I, I have to care. <laughs> I think that's the best way of describing it. And 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 I like a lot of the time I really do. Makes perfect care.
0: sense. Yeah. Like
1: the people people describe their businesses to me. It's like we do this, 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 and it's like Right, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. This is a good way of doing it. Good friend of mine, she's a celebrity publicist. She's actually my publicist. She's awesome. I love her. Um, she has this saying or this phrase, and she uses it all the time. And it's actually kind of irritating when she uses it to you, but it's a really (laughs) powerful phrase, right? You'll tell her a story and she'll go, so what? (laughs) So what? Like you give me the salient reasons why I should care. Why should I care? Because if you can't tell me that, it's the same with media stories. It's like you tell the media stuff and it's like, here's this, 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 this. Send out a press release. It's like if that press release doesn't contain the so what, it's going nowhere.
0: Mm.
1: I feel the same about client relationships. If you can logically tell me why we should be working together, my answer is so what. Even if I don't say it out loud, the answer in my head, the question in my head is, so what? Because if I don't care, if I can't figure out that so what, so here's why I should take action. So here's why I that attaches to me. Here's why I'm resonating with that. You've just given me a, a list of logical reasons in
0: the story. Yeah. It's it's like the same when, when you're marketing for like a typical, like a SaaS business or whatever, and this business usually give you all their features mm-hmm. and then you're like, but, but, but why, why, why do customers care about your product? Like exactly. what is good, what is important to them? Of that thing like it's not about features it's not about like oh this page opens really fast and like whatever
1: mm, but that see do you know what that's yeah. the mistake that a lot of tech companies make And because we work with a number of them and
0: mm. we
1: i find the same thing it's like they they don't they're technically minded so what mm-hmm. they do is they tell you how they compete on a technical spec level. But what they don't realize is a lot of the time, and this is where a lot of technical salespeople go wrong. It's like, well, you know, we have a process that does this, 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 and this. And it's like, you know what? No one cares, right? That's your, there's your, so what, so what? Like nobody cares. Okay. People don't buy products, SAS or otherwise for the features. They buy it for the difference it's going to make in their life and their day and if you haven't summed up that story like it really doesn't matter you know it's like mm-hmm. think about let's use a really bizarre analogy and use an elevator okay if you if you manufacture elevators you can talk about the type of steel that you use you know the the it's we got 570 million different cogs great all safety, this kind of stuff
0: the whatever yeah
1: yeah but what you wanted to say is your safety is paramount to us and we know that after a long day at work the last thing that you want to be doing is being stood in a really slow lift that's broken down we have a hundred percent success rate with this we have a great safety record and our lift is five times faster than this person's which is going to get you to your room and into your house with your family even faster now it's the emotion of being with your family it's the feeling of safety great. I'm safe. I'm at home. I'm with my family. What's that got to do with a lift and what kind of an an elevator and what kind of metal they use? It doesn't, it has nothing to do with it, but it's, Mm. it's the logic behind it. Like take a look at Facebook. Okay. Facebook sell interactions and relationships with each other. They also sell data, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) Um, But nobody wants to talk about why Facebook works the way it does, or how big their servers are, or how fast their page load time is, or nobody nobody wants to talk about that stuff. They want to talk about reconnecting with their friends, their family. They want to talk yeah. about, like, even like take your job for example. Your clients don't want to talk about um, you know how these adverts work. They want mm. to know how many people it's going to be put in front of and how many people are likely to buy. Okay, exactly. So they want to know. If I give you a list of 100 of my dream clients, can you create me a like-for-like audience of other people with similar likes and experiences? They don't want to know how that information was generated because it doesn't matter to them that Facebook had to have 5,000 data touch points to be able to analyze that that person is probably going to be similar to this person because they don't need to know that. That's too much information. They just want to know. It's like an ATM, isn't it? If I put my card in this hole and pump in these four numbers, is money going to come out? I don't care it. how yeah. it tells the bank. I don't care who delivers the money. I, d- yeah. I don't care about any of those. Is it stored
0: things. inside or is it being like... Psh, yeah. Is know,
1: there somewhere. a man at the back quickly counting it out, yeah. which is why some of them are slower than others, just pushing it through a letterbox? <laughs> like, uh, I, it, it really makes no difference to me. It's like mm-hmm. prov- it's like internet speed. Nobody wants to know about routers and how... No, and nobody how many... wants to
0: care. Like, oh. What is the speed? <laughs> it's like, is it fast enough? Okay, yes. cool. That's it.
1: But you think about what how, how those companies advertise that stuff, okay? Even yeah. when they're talking about super fast broadband, they talk about lack of lag time whilst watching a film with your family. They talk mm-hmm. about being able to access Netflix and being able to... They talk about the emotional side of what you're going to do with it rather than the technical aspects of it. You know? And the, the reason for that is that we don't buy things because of the stuff stats and because of the specs we buy things because of what it's going to do for our life which is why people spend so much money on designer clothes when they could buy even better quality clothes with a lesser brand for less of money but it wasn't ever about the quality of the clothes it was about the Mm. brand because that brand makes them feel a certain way
0: yeah and attribute to certain urban tribe as well Mm. Mm -hmm. absolutely what is your favorite book by the way (laughs)
1: i mean think and grow rich is obviously a classic isn't it so it's it's hard not to love that book but i think if i had to go a little bit left field with one there's a there's an author that i've actually met him a number of times as well he's a really lovely guy Mm. called daniel Priestley. he's an australian guy um based in london and uh he's he writes a series of business books my favorite of his books though is still his first one which is called entrepreneur revolution and it's about changing from the industrial revolution mindset to the mindset of the entrepreneur. So moving yeah. away from the finish school, move to a city, get a job, work your way up, stay there until you die. Um, it, and it's much more about create a boutique agency that can work from wherever you want, whenever you want with the clients that you want, wherever they are. Um, you know, it's that it's his take on that like laptop lifestyle if you will and the four-hour work week and all that kind of stuff but I, I really like kind of how much detail he goes into it in terms of the whole um well it is it's a mentality shift it's the mentality yes, shift definitely. and i and i really like that because he's he's so on the money with it so i would highly recommend that book for anybody that's not read it
0: give me the third one because you already gave two come on like we can't just stay at stay at two. it's 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 an it's it's a weird number come on <laughs> for okay. all the O-City people.
1: <laughs> all right. So here's a weird one then. Um, Jordan Belford, the guy from Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. um, he, did, he wrote a book. He's written several actually called Way of the Wolf and Straight Line Sales Technique. And the straight, I love the straight line sales strategy because it's essentially about relationship building, which is obviously something that's very key to me and so very important to me. So it's like, in fact, it's going back to the conversation we just had. Instead of calling somebody up and bombarding them with the specs, it's about understanding them and then repackaging what it is that you're selling to meet what it is that they're trying to achieve. But it's more about listening than talking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard of this book? Um, what is it called? Never Eat Alone. I haven't. Oh, you you should probably check it out. It's, it's, Mm. it's, it is also, it's one of my favorite books. It's also about like building relationships and practically, I guess what you're doing digitally, that guy was doing in like just offline. Yes. Really cool book. You you don't have to read the full thing because it's basically a repetition of the same idea over and over with different scenarios and. Like basically trying to like put that mindset of like example, example, this is how you apply it. Like, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch.
1: yeah, cool. I will definitely check that out though. Never read yeah. alone. I've never heard of that. That's really cool. I'll check that out. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It was definitely one of my like first books that like brought me into like, oh man, like this life is nothing if you don't have relationships. Like that's the only beauty probably you can have. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you have money, if you have like whatever, if your environment is beautiful. As long as you have beautiful relationships, nothing like that cares. So with you. Nothing matters. Jesus.
1: I'm with you.